This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 96. Children of the future. Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. Well, today, Christina, we have the privilege of interviewing Catherine Parks on how to raise strong and empowered children. This was, we keep saying this, I feel like we are interviewing these authors and these speakers and these people who are just bringing so much hope to us in such kind of a dire time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when we think about Catherine in particular, not only is she in the aftermath of that tornado in Nashville, mm-hmm. but she's also dealing with COVID-19 coronavirus, just like all of us as well. And it's just, it's so encouraging to see the books that she's written, not necessarily on coronavirus, but on the idea of being strong and being being empowered, especially during times like this. Right. So if you go to inbetween.org slash episode 96, you'll find the links to buy two of her books, the ones that she's talking about today. The first one's called Empowered, How God Shaped 11 Women's Lives. And the second one's called Strong, How God Equipped 11 Ordinary Men with Extraordinary Power and Can Do the Same for You. All right. So without further ado, let's listen into the episode. So this has been an interview uh, a long time in the making. Actually, we received your two books called Empowered and Strong in the mail when we still lived in Nashville. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And we were in the midst of packing up all our stuff. This was like last, I think, yeah, in the spring, sort of. We we're just in the midst of packing up all our stuff and, you know, getting our house ready for a show uh, to sell. And I looked at these. I'm like, oh, my goodness, these are amazing. But these need to go in a box right yeah. now. <laughs> and then, you know, settling in. Edmonton and all of that and then finally looking I'm like actually what happened was our oldest daughter she's 10 years old she saw it on the shelf and she was like mom what is this and she saw it it was empowered that she saw and she's like can I read this and I'm like let me just quickly look yeah. uh, through it oh my history. goodness yes she exactly oh, yeah. all of it but, the, but a lot of the stuff she's reading is from school and mm-hmm. not I mean sure yeah so it's great biographies of strong women and and other stories mm-hmm. but yeah definitely not from a a Christian perspective. Right. And so she picked it up and she read it and she actually started reading some of the stories to her younger brother and sister. She's like, oh my goodness, read about this woman. Look what she did. And so uh, she really brought it back to our forefront, thankfully. And so all that to say, welcome. And (laughs) we're so glad to be with you. That's so great. And thank you to your daughter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll post links in our show notes, but you'll see already, like even the front cover and the colors are so engaging uh, to the audience. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's fun because uh, I have a 12 year old. And so she was probably about your daughter's age when I was first starting on Empowered. And she, um, we like made a Pinterest board and I just asked for her input on all of that, on the design and the colors. And, uh, I just thought, you know, this is a fun project for me to involve her in, but Mm -hmm. also I really wanted to get her input because I'm 36 and I think I know 
what is cool, but clearly my kids would tell you that is not true. So no, our no, kids are in the same still, boat. You're, no, we're, no, we're all, we're all still in the cool boat. Yeah, yeah we're about to tip off though off the waterfall, oh, yeah. I think. And, other, and I don't think anyone cool says cool boat, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> <bad>. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what, Catherine, it's uh, so so just super quickly, the one book strong is a book geared toward boys and the eight Mm -hmm. to 14 year old uh, range. And the other one is empowered. And that one is for girls. So why don't you give our listeners just a quick synopsis of what the books are about and what inspired you to write a separate one for each? Yeah, so empowered is called um how God shaped 11 women's lives and can shape yours too. And it is a look at 11 women throughout history who were Christian women. And um, really what I wanted to do with both of the books. So the, so strong is similar. It's strong, how God equipped 11 ordinary men with extraordinary power and can do the same for you. And again, it's 11 biographies of Christian men. But um, my goal was to, um, not only give biographies, but also um, kind of draw out certain character qualities or um, uh, virtues that our kids um, could aspire to, but with the goal that they would see God as the the source of those things in their lives. And uh, I started out just wanting to write empowered um, and, you know, kind of thought it would be nice to write one for boys down the road, but uh, it was just in the aftermath of the first women's march that happened several years ago. And I had a conversation with a friend who, um, you know, we, we sat down and talked about how there were so many messages being given to girls about women's empowerment mm-hmm. and what it meant to be a strong woman. And um, I think a lot of those were well-meaning, but my friend made this comment and she said, you know, I'm afraid that we're putting expectations on the next generation of girls that they could never live up to. And that really stuck with me. And, you know, even going shopping, I I saw all these messages on t-shirts about, um, you know, the future is female and girl power. And um, I thought, you know, I, I want our girls to be encouraged. I want my daughter to be encouraged. But if she thinks she has to live up to all of these things, that's going to saddle her with so much guilt right. and so much pressure. And um, what does it really mean? Who can we look at from history who we would say was an empowered woman? And what does it really mean to be empowered? You know, where does that power come from? Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the goal. And then when the opportunity arose to write one for boys, um, I actually kind of struggled at first with what are the messages that boys need to hear? Because I think as a culture and society, we're so focused on empowering women and there's almost this sense of, okay, let's get the men out of the way so that we can empower the women. And uh, so I started thinking about my own son and what are the things that I want him to know about what it means to be a strong man and how do we do away with some of the cultural ideas and really look at what scripture says and, um, and who are the men that I want him to know about? And how did they reflect their savior in the way that they lived their lives? Mm-hmm, right. So you talked about, uh, especially when you were talking about empowered, how they were virtues that you mm-hmm. were um, hoping to be able to tell about. So did you, when you were writing the book, did you start with sort of the virtues and what it means um, those to be empowered? Or were you like, let me try to find these um, stories in history about mm-hmm. these women and then pick virtues from that? 
Yeah, it was kind of a um, combination of the two, specifically with Empowered, because it was hard to find a lot of good information for women. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, there's just a lack of good biographies of of Christian women and of women in general. And um, I would find out about these women and get really excited to write about them and then realize there's just not enough to even fill out a a small chapter in this book. So um, that's a call to anyone who feels called to do research and write biographies, because I think we need those. Um, But really what happened is as I started looking through some of the women I knew I wanted to write about, there were just certain character qualities or certain aspects of their story that really stood out to me. So um, my favorite book is The Hiding Place. And I knew right away that I wanted to write about Corey Ten Boom and and decided to write about her sister, Betsy, as well. Um, And so in Corey's story, I mean, so much of her story is about forgiveness and learning to love the unlovable. And so much of Betsy's story is about gratitude. And, um, and so I wanted to not only tell a story about these women, but also make a connection to our kids' lives. And um, the idea is the same God who empowered Corey to forgive and to love the unlovable can empower you to love the difficult person at school or to love your younger brother who might pester you all the time. Or, you know, these weren't super women. These mm-hmm. were women just like you. And you have the same God who empowered them working in you and he can help you to do, you know, the the next thing that's in front of you that seems daunting. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at um, or when you kind of imagine all the girls and all the boys who are picking up these books and they're mm-hmm. just devouring chapter after chapter of this, what is what is your hope, uh, right, when you were writing them and obviously you know, you were you you said you were thinking about your children as well. But for all the all the children from you know all over the world who are going to be reading these, what what's your mm-hmm. hope that girls will um, grow? Like, how do you hope girls will grow from reading Empowered, and and boys will grow from reading Strong? Yeah, that's such a good question. My hope, I think, um, primarily is that they would encounter the strength of Christ and His love for them. Um, mm. In these stories, I think, you know, we all relate so well to stories and um, I hope that they're captivated by these people's lives. But I remember reading a lot of biographies as a kid and um, especially with Christian biographies, just feeling like these were people who lived in a different time, in a different place, and I could never be like them. They just Mm. felt um, very distant from my life. And so I enjoyed learning about them, but didn't feel a strong connection, you know, or it almost felt like I have to do what Amy Carmichael did by moving to India and starting this orphanage and, you know, living out my life in Mm -hmm. service to orphans in order Mm -hmm. to be a godly Christian woman. And if the Lord calls me to that, then I pray that I'll be faithful in it. But is it possible that we can learn other things from their lives? And so that's really what I hope kids would, I hope they would see is God is interested in them, not for what they're going to do in the future, but also who they are right now. And he's, he's conforming us all. If we have trusted in Christ, he's conforming us to the image of his son on a daily basis and sanctifying us, making us more like our real true selves. And so Mm. he can do that through really difficult circumstances, or he can do it through 
daily choosing to live in obedience and, you know, doing the best at the work that he's given us to date, whether that be chores or homework or, you know, whatever it is, or going to track practice. So what does it mean for the call of God on our lives to apply to every single thing that we do and not just to these big events? Because I think, and, and what I hope kids will realize as they're reading through this is that none of these people thought, I'm doing something amazing and one day books will be written about me. Mm -hmm. You know, they were just being faithful with the next thing that God gave them and were depending on his strength. And another thing that I really wanted to do is draw out some of the failures and the mistakes that they made. Um, Because I think it's really important. It's important for me to see that in leaders, but it's important for our kids to see that Christianity doesn't mean we're perfect, you know, and, and it means depending on Christ and our weakness. And so um, I hope that that's encouraging to them for those who feel weak and feel like they can't measure up, that they would see hope in these stories. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the adjectives or I'm listening to the adjectives that you're using, right? And and even the the way, because we have both books right in front of us, uh, the, the one for girls is Empowered, How God Shaped 11 Women's Lives. And, and the, the boy one is Strong, How God Equipped 11 Ordinary Men with Extraordinary Power. And I know, uh, having written a few books, how important titles are and how much work goes mm-hmm. into trying to select <laughs> yes. the right words. So those adjectives are just, um, yeah, they're just... They're, they're, they're so important and, and there's so much uh, there's so much meaning underneath them. And I think what's interesting even to go another level deeper is how the Enneagram shapes us. So I don't know if you're into the Enneagram. Yes. Catherine. Okay. What's your number? Yes. I'm a five. So this was a dream ah, project yes, because I just got to research. research and go deeper. <laughs> yep, exactly. That is, that's awesome. That's awesome. Both Christina and I are threes. Yeah, with different ways. Okay. So we <laughs> yeah. are pretty different too. <laughs> but, but I'm curious, when you think about the 22 individuals and you don't have to go through all of them, did you mm-hmm. like, do you notice as a five if certain like when you kind of look back at all the names of everyone that you did the study and that that you're and obviously you can't really pigeonhole people Mm because it it is a motivation Mm -hmm. thing but do you find that there were certain numbers that you were after the fact maybe not intentionally but after the fact were maybe more drawn to than others Hmm, that's a good question that would be a really fascinating um thing to look at i think um Yeah. You know, one of the people that um, actually might really appeal to y'all is uh, in Empowered, the story of Charlotte Fortin Grimke. And I didn't know about her. My friend Christiana Wiele recommended her to me when I was looking for some women. And um, she was an African-American living in New England and uh, during the Civil War and... um, she came from a family of abolitionists Mm. and she really struggled growing up. Like she was the first black student at her school and the first um, black teacher hired in her community. And um, she, there isn't really a good biography of her, but her Mm. journals have been published and, um, and some of her journals were published in the Atlantic actually um, back in the 1800s. And, but she struggles a lot with the idea of, ambition and what it means to have godly ambition and not just selfish ambition. And um, 
And I thought, you know, I was just really drawn to that idea, not necessarily specifically as a five, but as someone who is writing and, you know, is trying to pursue certain pathways. And um, my tendency is to just say, oh, ambition is is wrong. And it was really interesting to look at her as a young teenager struggling with some of these ideas, but ultimately seeing like our lives should be given away and they should be lived for others. And if that is our ambition, you know, if our ambition is to make Christ known, mm-hmm. then that's that's so good and that's the path that we should be taking. But if my ambition is to make myself known or, you know, to be the first woman to do this or that or whatever, um, then that's misplaced ambition. And so it was fascinating to me to just pour into her journals and do that research and to see someone um, not retrospectively looking back, but really living in the moment and saying, okay, this is, this is what I'm struggling with right now. What does this mean? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a really valuable resource. Um, I'm not a journaler, so (laughs) I'm also, I always respect when people sound intelligent in their journals. Yeah, that's right. Not just dear diary, right? (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's what every time I try to journal, oh, it's just embarrassing to read it. So I can't do it anymore. (laughs) I totally get that. So well I love Catherine that you took the time to be able to find stories um and highlight people who that God really used their strengths and their weaknesses. And I think this would be a great resource for our podcast family to be able to um give to their children. Now, I do see that um, the age suggestions are for girls and boys 8 to 14. So I know uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm looking at books and I'm just reading Amazon reviews and stuff, I'm wondering, uh, is it okay if my, you know, teenagers are older? Will this look too Mm -hmm. babyish for them? And then even younger, if we have younger siblings in it, like, is this inappropriate for them? Are the stories going to be kind of scary? Um, So how Mm -hmm. strict, I guess, is that 8 to 14? suggestion. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it is a suggestion. Um, you know, my six-year-old nephew has enjoyed the books and, uh, I have a, a friend who teaches a senior high, um, girls and she used empowered with them, but really kind of, um, built it out a little bit more. So each, uh, each chapter ends with some discussion questions and some, um, Bible passages. And so she really took the opportunity to turn it into both a discussion opportunity, but also a Bible study. And so they would dive deep into some of those passages and see how, um, it relates to the chapter that they've read and, and kind of push a little bit further and even recommending that the girls pick up one of the biographies, um, because each of the each of the chapters has listed resources as well for further study. And so one of my hopes was that kids would find one or two people that they really want to learn more about and would be able to pick up a biography about um, that man or that woman and kind of do a deep dive into their life. So uh, I think, you know, usually parents or adults can kind of gauge where their kids are. Um, my husband has read some of them with my son. And so that's been really neat for them to be able to read together and discuss. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a, a possibility too. Together. If it seems, mm-hmm. yeah, if it seems a little bit beyond their reading level, um, that's an opportunity to do it with them. That's a great idea, actually. 
Yeah, every night we we have like this huge collection of different storybook Bibles and, and our mm-hmm. kids are 10, 9, and 5. And, and we'll often read, we'll kind of cycle through and, and the kids are always like, oh, we just got a new one. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and yeah. they're just begging to do it. So I think this would be neat to do as well yeah. to kind of kind of you know pepper it in to say okay we're going to read a story tonight and and to read it out and to discuss that mm-hmm. well yeah and one of the things that we've tried to do with our kids too is you know encouraging them to open their own bibles and start to find passages and so um and so maybe that's an opportunity too to say you know here are these questions can someone look up this verse and let's read it and talk about it so maybe getting them into the word together the wait is over Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Yeah, that's I love that. I love that. And you know it's you know it's really cool for me. So Christina and I are are Asians. I'm Korean and Christina's Chinese and and in Empowered, the first story is of a Korean woman. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and I remember Go Victoria. Karen. Yeah. So she picked it up and she was really engaged with that as well. Um, because just, you know, like you said, doesn't really matter which culture or race uh, back then. Like, it's just women were not represented as mm-hmm. much in the narrative as men were. Um, on top mm-hmm. of that, then also Asians. And so it's always amazing for uh, whatever culture that you are a part of to be able to read a story about someone who you can truly identify with on a, on a different yeah. level rather than just female or male. So I know mm-hmm. that was really inspiring to her. Oh, I'm so thankful. And, you know, I didn't know Estra and Kim's story, but um, my daughter's actually reading her biography right now. And oh my goodness, it's just an incredible story. And we specifically chose that for the first chapter because it's it's one of those stories that you're reading and you're thinking, how can this be true? You know, right. it's just so, so amazing and so engaging. And um, and one of the things that I loved so much about her story and her autobiography is uh, how much scripture is sprinkled through it. Mm. And um, for those who don't know Esther and Kim's story, she um, grew up in Korea and studied in Japan and then came back to Korea. And this was... Um, when the Japanese empire took over Korea and annexed it and um, Koreans were being forced to, you know, lose their identity and change their names. And um, just so many horrific acts were being committed against them. And, and there was um, forced worship of the Japanese uh, deities and so, and ancestor worship. And, um, and so her story is basically one of standing up to that and then um, going to Japan to deliver a message of warning to Japanese leaders and and being imprisoned for six years. And uh, but knowing that she was facing imprisonment, she spent so much time memorizing scripture because wow. she knew she wouldn't be able to have the Bible mm-hmm. with her. And so she memorized, I think, over 100 passages and all of these hymns and I love that when she wrote this book later, 
you can just tell, like, this is not someone who's looking for a Bible verse to illustrate a point. This is someone for whom scripture just pours out of her because she has hidden it in her heart and it's so real to her. And, uh, and that's one of my favorite things about reading her story is that, um, and, and you see that in all of these people's lives Mm -hmm. that you can't stand up for something and you can't be faithful to someone who you don't know. And they knew God so well because they had spent so much time in his word. And that was just such a huge example to me. And I love that, um, you know, that I got to learn that from Esther and Kim and from her story. That's so, that's, that's so neat. Cause I, as I was looking through your book and, and even as you were referencing her book, if I perish, I was like, Oh my goodness. I know exactly what that book looks like because my oh, do you mom. Have it? Yeah, we have it because it's my mom's book, and I remember growing up mm. as a little kid, uh, seeing that book on the shelf. No way! Yeah, yeah, that my mom had, and it was a red hardcover, and it was I. I was always fascinated because I was like, "Oh, look, a Korean person wrote an English book," right? oh. and it was just more. It, but I, mm. and I kind of flipped through it, but I've never really gone into it. But I brought it with us. To hear because I was like, I really want to read that. I really want to read it. And oh well, man, there you go. you've got to read it. Oh, read read it. So I don't need to read this. <laughs> yeah, so thank you. Yeah, Connection. yeah. Well, what a small world. Fun story about that. Um, I had written an article about her, and uh, her nephew saw it, and he actually reached out to me and oh, wow. was able because I had done all this research, you know, being a five mm-hmm. and could not find anything about the end of her life. She moved to the United States and, um, and married a Korean American man. And, and they started a church. Um, he, her husband pastored a church in wow. Los Angeles for no years, idea. but I didn't know what happened after that and couldn't ever find anything. And so, uh, her nephew was so kind to fill in a lot of gaps and, oh, wow. um, and she ended up actually, developing Alzheimer's. And, um, Mm. and he shared this story with me that he's allowed me to share where, uh, he remembers visiting her Mm -hmm. when, um, she kind of had, you know, some moments of lucidity and she was so distraught that she couldn't do anything that her ministry had ended. And Mm. she was basically confined to her home and her brother-in-law, um, said, no, this is, your ministry is to pray now. And, um, and her, and so her nephew said at that moment, her eyes lit up and she just seemed to have so much peace that she could still do something in service to her savior by praying for people. And, Oh, I just like wept when I read his I'm email like with that story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. Wow. yeah, I um my grandfather actually passed away from Alzheimer's and so that hits me mm. really deeply just um you know, he was such a, a strong intelligent man and just to mm-hmm. see him sort of get lost, right? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes glazed over in his eyes and other times just really um aware maybe not verbally Mm -hmm. but just aware um so what a gift for someone just to still call out um you know that god still has a purpose for you even Mm -hmm. in your trials of health or suffering or um times of being present or being here um mentally or or, you know not so i think that's so beautiful that she was able to step into that next next calling for her so Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for sharing that yeah yeah Yeah, i'm also wondering for our podcast family so we're talking a lot about how you know uh, empowered is geared toward girls and then 
Strong is geared toward boys. And maybe they're listening and be like, but I actually only have boys or only have girls, but I'd love for them Mm -hmm. to read about, you know, uh, empowered women or or strong men, um, even though we don't necessarily have those boys or girls in our own home. Yeah. Uh, Would that be something that you would recommend? And if so, like, what do you think the opposite gender can learn from reading these books? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I have uh, a couple of nephews who have read both of them. And I love that they my my nephew Wolfgang finished strong and then immediately wanted to read empowered. And um, and I think, you know, my hope is that kids would read both because I think obviously we have so much to learn, not just from, you know, the same gender, but mm-hmm. also from people who have different experiences and um, and yet the same savior. And so I do hope that parents would encourage their kids to read both. And, um, and I think there are going to be unique experiences that girls can relate to from the women and empowered and boys can relate to from the men and strong. But really, most of the stories um, illustrate universal struggles and, um, and universal virtues like we've talked about and, um, and really the, um, supremacy of Christ and the strength that God gives, um, regardless of your situation. And Mm so, yeah, my hope is that they would, um, maybe be able to value aspects of, you know, girls would be able to see men and, and really see what a strong man should strong man should look like and um and that boys would be able to to look at the stories of empowered women and see you know what is true empowerment for women and and what do i want to encourage the women in my life in or you know look for in the future and so hopefully there are aspects like that that might be enlightening to kids as they go through those hmm. i love that that's that's such a great perspective Catherine, so for our last question, we would absolutely love it if you could share a story from each book that both inspired and reminded you that our true source of power, strength, purpose, and um, empowerment uh, come from God. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of hard. It's like choosing one of your children when you <laughs> right. spend so much time with them. <laughs> yes. um, but one of the stories that was really compelling to me and strong was the story of Jackie Robinson. And I think, uh, you know, most kids, at least in the United States who grew up, they grew up hearing about Jackie Robinson, whether it's in Black History Month or in April when his um, birthday is celebrated. But he was the African-American baseball player who broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And um, and I really wanted to feature him because he was a familiar story. And there are a lot of men in this book who would be unfamiliar to kids. But I wanted to take someone who they were familiar with, but they didn't know about his faith because that's not something that is really talked about right, when we true. celebrate his life and his achievements. And I think the danger in that uh, is that he seems larger than life or superhuman. And um, there are kids who are facing similar struggles who might look and say, well, I'm not Jackie Robinson. I can't be like that. Mm -hmm. And the truth about Jackie Robinson is that he was a strong believer. And um, one of his teammates once asked him, 
Um, how do you just sit silently and take it when he was getting not only verbal abuse, but also physical abuse? I mean, players from other teams were purposefully trying to take him out or hit him with pitches or, you know, just abuse him in horrific ways. And he told this teammate that many, he said, many nights I get down on my knees and pray to God for the strength not to fight back. Mm. And I think that's so important for us to know Jackie Robinson, any strength he had, he gave the credit to God Mm -hmm. for that strength. He wasn't this, I I don't want my son to think you have to be this amazingly strong person. I want him to know that God has promised to give us strength and to demonstrate his strength through our weakness. And when you're facing this struggle at school or with someone that you just are really having a hard time getting along with or you're having a hard time keeping your mouth closed when there are things you really want to say that the same God who strengthened Jackie Robinson to take what he took can certainly strengthen you in the situation that you're facing right now. Um, And so it was really fascinating to me to really learn about um, Robinson's faith because I, I didn't know much about it before that. Um, And then I've, talked about Esther on Kim. So I'm trying to think um, a good story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Well, um, we actually named our daughter Sophie after one of the women that's featured and her name is Sophie Scholl. And she was Mm. uh, a German Christian um, teenager who was involved in this, um, anti-Nazi resistance movement called the White Rose. And she and some other students wrote pamphlets and newsletters that they would distribute around Germany, basically trying to wake up German citizens to the atrocities of um, the Nazi regime. Mm -hmm. And she and her brother and one of their friends were all martyred. Um, They were executed when Sophie was 19 for the distribution of these materials And um, her story, there's a German language film called The Last, The Final Days of Sophie Scholl or Sophie Scholl, The Final Days, I Mm -hmm. think is what it's called, um, that basically is just the last few days of her life dealing with a lot of her interrogation uh, and the way that she just stands firm in her faith in Christ is um, so compelling and beautiful. And so, you know, when we we saw that film. I think I was pregnant with Sophie or, um, was due to have her soon. And, and I was so, um, compelled by her story and by the strength that God gave her someone so young to know, first of all, to have the wisdom to know what was right and what was wrong when so many people around her didn't, including so many church leaders Mm -hmm. who, had totally capitulated to um, this grab for power in Germany instead of standing up for what was true. So to have the wisdom and then um, to have the strength to stand up for what was true and to face death, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and it would have been so easy for her in that interrogation to just backpedal a little bit. And yet her faith in Christ was so strong um, and his power in her was so strong that she faced death with joy. And, um, you know, I don't want that for my daughter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't want her to experience that, but I want her to know the supreme worth of Christ that would make 
a decision like that, um, maybe not simple, Mm -hmm. but obviously the right one that she would know how dear Jesus is and how much he loves her. And that, you know, if she was ever called to make a choice like that, that, that she would not struggle with it. Um, and so, you know, that's a hard thing. Yeah, that is. Really it's a hard thing. thing. I'm saying this and I'm like, wait, why did we name her this? This is terrible. <laughs> Faithful until the end. Whenever yeah. God calls us home. Whenever right? the end is. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, Catherine, I love how you picked men and women um, of all different, like we said, of all different cultures and races and as well as uh, different ages. So I don't know mm-hmm. like this. I'm dating myself right now, but I don't know. Did you ever like jump on the bandwagon of like DC? talk like Jesus freaks and all of that oh so yes. did yes. you I know <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and so they put out uh I think at least two volumes I had them of uh yeah. different stories of those like martyrs basically mm-hmm. and I remember um it was quite a thick book and I would just go through and read them I must have been a teenager at the time and the one story that stuck out to me was it was I believe in China and it was a mom and a daughter and the daughter could not have been older than like five or six and Mm -hmm. they're taken and about to be executed but then they were given one last chance like do you believe in god if you say no then we will spare your life but if you say yes then you are couplets and the Mm -hmm. mom wanted to save the daughter and so she looked at them and she looked at her daughter and she said no we do not believe in god and then the daughter stood up and I can still remember this and picturing in my mind and looked at her mom in the eyes and said, we do believe in God. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. And I was now like bawling up. and just thinking like <laughs> as a teenager, yeah. thinking like this five or six year old had <sighs> the courage and the bravery to uh, not only stand up to her mom, because in an Asian culture, that's mm. a, big oh, yeah, deal, that a big deal, but to wow. lose her life. For the sake Uh, of the gospel, mm -hmm. like that still moves me to tears right now. And I just think Mm -hmm. like how amazing that we have these resources. Thank you so much for writing and taking the time to share these stories and have just this next generation be able to have that in their hands and say, no matter what the cost, God, Mm -hmm. I will follow you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, oh, thank man. you, Catherine. <laughs> no, thank you. It's my honor to to write it and to share it. And thanks for this really great conversation. Wow, what a fun interview with Catherine. And I loved that you had that literally that physical picture in your mind about the book she was talking about oh, yeah. with the uh, the first biography, right? What oh, was yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I I literally went if I perish, right? Yeah, yeah. So I literally after the interview went upstairs and I was like, I know where that is in my book. You're telling me it's like and it's I a red book. It out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it was so neat just to have almost that thing come full circle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we want to encourage you to definitely pick up a copy of both of our books. Uh, and these are books that we're reading with our children. And I know one is more toward boys and one is more toward girls, but I think these are helpful books books that'll just give you a, a great conversation and, and they're 
questions too at the end of every chapter too. So it's going to be a great in conversation and, and opportunity for you to connect with your kids on these stories. Especially during this hard time, let's not forget and let's validate our, our children's feelings as well as ours, that these are really, really trying times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a few times where I feel like we have a war mentality. I was telling Daniel that I had this um, dream that I threw away onion skins and how I was mourning that because I could have made a soup from it. <laughs> Our brains are kind of going in different ways, right? So how amazing to be able to take that time first to connect with our kids by reading these stories aloud with them and second to remind them where our power and where our strength comes from and that's Jesus Christ. All right. So for all the links, go to inbetween.org slash episode 96 and we'd appreciate if you shared this episode as well. You can text that link to one of your friends or hit the share button on your podcasting app and, and perhaps you can encourage someone day today and give them perhaps maybe uh, an addition to their curriculum with their kids, another book that they can connect with their kids over by sharing this episode with them. All right. Well, for next week, Christina, what are we going to be talking about? On episode 97, we are going to be discussing how we can show grace and mercy to our families. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus podcast. Two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman, discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.